Welcome back to the Real Chalk Podcast. I'm Jamie. I'm Sam. And we've got our head of media, Connor. How are we, lads? How are things? Good, Connor. How are yeah. you? Yeah, not too bad. Not too bad. Episode one went went down pretty well. Yeah, happy with that. Yeah, well, I thought it was fun. Yeah, yeah, we got some good feedback. I think it was good crack as well. Um, good to get the nerves out of the way yeah, and yeah. be moving on to number two. Yeah, episode yeah. two will be a lot easier. So For the uh, record, we have to delete the pilot episode. Oh yeah, <laughs> <laughs> there's one episode we don't talk about, which uh, was a two nervous boys in front of camera. <laughs> yeah, a few voice breaks. Yeah, yeah. Anyways, <laughs> a few stutters in there as well. I think yeah, we're yeah. getting it together now. <laughs> uh, so today we're going to talk about the open. Uh, new structure, our kind of experiences with the Open, maybe some, uh, I think people kind of enjoyed our competition fails or stories, so maybe a few uh, Open ones this time, and uh, that's really it. Yeah, we'll so kick off the clock. let's kick it off, and let's get into it. All right, 10 second countdown. So Sam, I think, well, I don't even really know a lot about the new structure, so do you want to maybe bring us through the new structure of the Open? Yeah, so new structure of the Open um, has changed, because it seems to change every year. Yeah. Um, <laughs> This year, it's three weeks of an Open. Usually, it's five weeks. Mm-hmm. It's a long five week. it's weeks. It's probably the most stressful uh, five weeks of the year. Um, but this week, it's or this year, it's three. But then it's going to be like a second kind of Open, which we call the uh, quarterfinals. Or, yeah, quarterfinals. And how many people will get into that? So, you have to come top 10% in your continent. Okay. Okay, fair. So, it'll be like, for us, Europe kind of continent. And then, uh, if we're the... I think, we're hopefully, we're the top 10%. Say there's 20,000 people... I'm going to embarrass myself in the maths <laughs> here, but if there's 20,000 people in Europe, we'll, if you're in the top 2,000... Yes. You'll, Good yes. maths. Fast maths. Fast. Uh, you might move... I had a calculator right there, just in case. I was yeah, like, <laughs> I'm going to yeah, I'm gonna have to come <laughs> in here. Um, and then does the final stage, it goes back to the kind of like a regionals format, isn't it? Yeah, so from your... I think there's another two weeks of a second open from your the 10% of people where it might not be one workout every week. You might have like three workouts in a weekend. So it's a bit more like the stage two of the games or uh, stage one of the games from this year. The yeah, yeah, one. yeah. And then I don't know the exact numbers, but I think I read on a thing that's like 90 people. Um, I'm not sure if that's male and female or just males and just females. And uh, did they mention there was last chance opportunities to get in as well? Like any type of sanctional competitions that are there as well? I don't know if it's a sanctional last chance thing. I think there's going to be like two regionals in Europe. I don't know how they're going to split them up. Okay. So like hopefully it's kind of split up evenly that like not all the good athletes are at one and then like 10 uh lower tier athletes yeah, qualify because yeah, yeah. all the rest of them went here or something uh, hopefully it's split eas- evenly but then i think there's going to be like a, another weekend of open stuff so it's going to last chance thing's going to be at home okay since since covid and also the changeover um eric taking over crossfit and all there's kind of it's been a lot up in the air we don't really know exactly like what the full format's going to be and that yeah. kind of thing they've released more about the open and the quarterfinal things more than they have any dates or locations for uh, in-person competitions yeah i preferred the first structure myself when it was like trying to qualify say the top 30 in europe and then you get to go to regionals i think because regionals was such a big goal and there's only 30 people i know it changed to sanctionals over the last year and it was cool that well you got to hit every single competition of sanctionals yeah you got a good experience at them (laughs) but um I think that definitely opened up like as an athlete there was more opportunities for sponsorships because you could you were on the big stage a lot more you were kind of on camera a huge amount more but Mm. it was also if you're if you've managed to hit a few competitions the goal of getting to a sanctional wasn't as big because you could kind of you knew you were going to qualify i know you went to dubai and that was a tough one to qualify for but um 
other than that you could kind of get there and you get to compete yeah. a lot but it's not that big stage of regionals yeah it's not as uh, on a pedestal as regionals was regionals was i guess the goal for so long like regionals was like eight years of regionals so like every year i guess the hype was bigger and bigger like oh who's gonna make it this year sort of thing yeah and then as well only been the top five that get to go to the games it was always well i when i went to regionals i wasn't close to the top five i think i placed 20 20th or 22nd maybe in my I regional think i was the exact same exactly yeah <laughs> but um you when you watch your back like it was just complete warfare you know to, to get mm. that spot and yeah. also but then the sanctionals i suppose was a bit mad as well the way it was um you could come fourth in a sanctional and still get the game spot because it was yeah. being passed down was and you were doing maths to see where everyone was at yeah. you know you carry the one uh, yeah then. exactly <laughs> And what about, how did you get on with your sanctionals last year? Like, I know you did a lot of them. How did you find doing all of those sanctional competitions? Um, Yeah, sanctionals were definitely different. Uh, There's definitely, sometimes it felt like there was more on the line. Sometimes it felt like there was less on the line based on the field of athletes. Because, like, if you go to Dubai, there is all the guys from the Netflix. You know what I mean? Like, you see all the big names. Um, But, like, you go somewhere else and there might not be the same kind of caliber. So, and... I don't know if it was a good idea that I did so many, but like you got loads of experience, which will hopefully carry a lot, carry along with me into the next season. Yeah. But at the time, it's like okay, I've done. I think I did the maths. I did like sixty workouts last year in a competitive setting against people. Yeah, you know what I mean. Sixty workouts is a lot, so you can't be fully switched on for sixty of them. So yeah. like some days you're like, let's go. Some days you're like, I can't be arsed. Like I'm not in the zone. I think know? it depends on your big goal too, because if you look at your season and. Like, say, if maybe if you had done half of them, you might have placed higher in some of them. Yeah. But at the same time, your goal isn't just to place high in a sanction, it's to get to the game. So if yeah. you have all that experience under your belt, I suppose that's going to pay off as well. Yeah, I think so. I think that yeah. was kind of more my, it was more of a bigger picture kind of uh, process. Look, get all the competition experience. And then, because I didn't have a lot of competition experience going before that year. Like, I'd done regionals. That was my first individual competition, mm-hmm. really. Yeah. Um, I know we did that one. Uh, years with the bro fit one. Oh yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. Across and CrossFit Ireland. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was good. Crack. That was good fun. That was our first time we competed against each other. Yeah. And um, where, so yeah, it was called the Bro Fit Games in CrossFit Ireland, and I went over and I knew you were like up and coming and and the big dog there, but we hadn't really competed against each other much because yeah. I was more competing against like Owen McGregor, Rob Flanagan, PD Savage, he and an army as well. So I think it was yeah. like 2015 maybe I was dro- joined first in Ireland with Army. Um, coming into the final workout so then you were then up and coming and I remember it was like quite close with us between the in the workouts yeah and you were doing all of your fighting as well and we came to a rope climb workout and you were just an absolute ninja going up that rope and I was like what is going on here (laughs) I remember my it was legless rope climbs on my hands I don't know how I did this but the sides of my fingers were missing skin for like two weeks I didn't know how to go up or down the rope properly just legless yeah, well, legless I'm as well. You're flying pretty much like. legless down as well. <laughs> That's always great when you're in competition as well, though. When you kind of you're looking around and it's like, do I use my feet or do I just let go from the top? Yeah, like you just got to save so drop much time. But will I break an ankle? Yeah, yeah, <laughs> exactly. What was your favorite sanctional from last year? Do you think? Um, favorite sanctional. I like the Philippine Fifty, but I'd have to say Dubai just because the whole experience was ridiculously yeah. bizarre. Like there's so much money pumped into the uh, event. Um, strangely you know when you go to competitions and like you can see how they make the money back to spectators and like vendor villages and stuff like there was not as many spectators as most sanctionals at all and there was like one Reebok stand like you could see like there's just a person making this competition because they had loads of money and they think CrossFit is class yeah 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 yeah. Um, 
so it was weird we had like we were in like the uh we went to the sea we talked about that last week <laughs> <laughs> we went to this like professional running track that of a guy who like i think manchester united get to train there or something oh cool yeah like it was like this underground changing room thing and oh it's ridiculous and just kind of stuff like that you won't mm. You don't forget that kind of stuff. Uh, when you go to like a big comp like that, like for me, I've since 2016, I won the French Throwdown in 2016. And since then, well, it means something extra to me because it was like my first win before I went to regional. So it's a huge competition for me. But other than that, I also think it's like, I know we did it together last year, but it's yeah. a, you, there's some sanctions that are just 5150 being won as well. But uh, the French for me is probably my favorite one just because I find, well, there's any competition has good prize money also attracts it to a ton of big dog athletes, mm. but they also really push the limits with their events. Like, yeah, I remember French was serious last year, yeah. especially with the heat. Yeah. Oh, the mad, 40 degree yeah. heat. Exactly. It was crazy. Everyone after every workout, cause you know, when you're watching heat before you and you're the, the heat is in the guys that are about to go before you, you're watching them and you're kind of seeing how they come out. And if they're in absolute bits, you're like, Oh no, you what am I going to go to? Yeah. And <laughs> yeah. it was so hot in there and the air conditioning had broken down. And I remember, stadium, yeah. yeah oh. And before, in the briefing, before the event even started, usually they talk about like how the fittest is going to win this competition. Well, they weren't even really talking like that. They were more like, just make sure you get through this competition safely. Yeah, because were, it was such crazy heat. I think they were like almost obliged to uh, medically or something or just to get themselves cleared for insurance to say like, uh, watch out for the heat. Yeah. Like we have to go through a list of things we have to say to you almost. It was so bad. Um, I just remember it wasn't even like... It was didn't even feel like your fitness was letting you down. It just felt like you got smacked by a wall and just couldn't move. I remember there was like a thruster with kettlebells and mm. pull-ups working. Yeah. And I just remember like, I, I'm breathing okay, but I actually can't move right now. Yeah, yeah, it yeah. Just, it was ridiculous. My favorite athlete at that competition was Lucas Parker. So, um, <laughs> the ice vest. Oh, yeah. So <laughs> I met Lucas Parker first time ever um, in my first abroad competition, which was in Italy in the Italian showdown. And... Um, he was he was paid to come over to do that competition. So he was like a big dog. He'd been to the games a load of time. He was the big lumberjack, crazy looking fella. Like he yeah. was scary. So he was the big dog then. And then in this competition now in the French Throwdown, skip forward three or four years, I was able to compete against him, which was unbelievable. I remember being beside him in a few of the heats. But um, because of the heat of the event and how hot it was, he was wearing this, what I thought was a life jacket for yeah. the first one. So we were going out on a run. Yeah. And so the first event was... Like a mile run. Yeah, a mile a run. paddle board across the lake. Yeah. And then like a, a close to 10K run yeah, after. Yeah, a big run course. after. So in 40 degree heat. Yeah, so I'm beside him and I'm like, why is this guy wearing a life jacket? Like we're running most of it. He's going to be grand. And he'd be fine on the paddle board. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> so I'm, I'm right beside him and... I remember that when you get to the lake, they had the first five paddle boards in the water and then the rest of them, you'd have to go and get off the stand. So I was kind of like sprint ahead. So firstly, I always think if you're about to start a running race, you have to be in the very front. If you're not in the front, well, then you're kind of saying like, I'm, I'm going to lose already. You have to fight <laughs> your way into the front. It was actually me versus you. I remember you were at the front. And you had a genius tactic because you were like, uh, some guys like, sun cream, everyone get your sun cream. And yeah. you're spraying it and you're like, yeah, right here. And as you like put your hand out, you like squeezed into the front row. Exactly. I was, like, I was at the back. As I watched from the back row. <laughs> That's it. You and me were standing beside each other and I couldn't get through. And I was trying to like shuffle in or trying to talk to Willie George was there. I was like, hey man. And he's like, no, get away from me. So <laughs> with the second they said sun cream, I was like, I'll take some of that. I just wiggled my way into the front. But then, so we sprinted down to the lake once the run kicked off. 
and I don't know if it was like kind of the rugby in, inside me or something, but we're on the paddle boards. Lucas Park is beside me and I'm on my knees like going, but he's an expert. He's standing on it. So I was like, I know what I'll do. I'll jab his board, which was absolutely mental. I'm even thinking back now. I don't know how I got away with it. And he just turns at me and starts screaming. And I, I started going backwards. Like I was like, no, no, I don't, I don't want to win this anymore. Let me out of here. So um, aboard, aboard. yeah, so that was one part with him. And then the final thing, uh, skip forward to the final of the French throwdown. It was top 10, so I was there. I think I was coming ninth, maybe, and he was eighth. So we were right beside each other. And again, he was wearing his life jacket as he was wearing at every event. So, But I hadn't gotten to know what it was yet. So I go just before, they're like 10 seconds, and I step into his lane and touch his back just because I wanted to see what the hell his jacket was. <laughs> and he's like, get off me. And I was like, oh. But it was really cold, so it turns out it was an ice vest yeah, to bring his temperature I remember, down, I which is pretty cool. I going past him on the run and thinking, what is that? And it was just dripping. I was like, is that full of ice? Yeah. Is that going to keep him cold on this run? Yeah. I was like, I don't think that's going to save you on this workout. No. You just need to run faster. But he is known for his mad techniques um, or he, like different he, warm-up things or breathing things and those and type of things. He was a big, like, what do you call it, kazoo sort of thing. He was, like, <laughs> he was like getting his breath powered up and he was like, like blowing into this kazoo in the warm-up area. And I was like, what is going on? I've never heard of a kazoo, man. Kazoo, like, you know, it's like, looks like this and... Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, I do know what you're talking I was picturing like the Vuvuzelas from like the World Cup. It was like <laughs> one of them, a smaller one of them, to like <laughs> get his lungs working. But I remember in that, just to finish off on that first uh, run workout, mm. it was two scores. So it was like the whole total time of the run, paddleboard run. Yeah. The last 100 meters uphill was a second score. Yeah. And I remember... It was a sprint finish. It was a sprint finish. So you had to get 100 meters for your second kind of score, the score B or A or whatever. Yes. And I remember he like was so bad at running the uh with his ice his ice must have been weighing down <laughs> and he just rest stopped before the like just before your timing chip went to go for the last hundred meter run rested yeah. and then just <laughs> sprinted and won he won it so he came last in the first yeah thing, and then got 100 points but that's what i mean as well he's real particular on events like that yeah. like he breaks them down like i think we'd both be both go in like bullheaded wild just go mental and see yeah, what happens, happens while he's yeah. like i'm just gonna r rest on this let my ice vest bring me through it and then go full attack on the end. So, so. he is he's definitely an athlete to look at, though, because he's so experienced. He really does know the game. Yeah, um, for sure. And some of the stuff might seem mad now, but I think even looking back... We'll all have kazoos now. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> uh, will we quickly go through maybe our kind of open experiences as well? Um, we'll yeah, 100%. We'll yeah, through, go for uh, is, it, is it stressful doing the open? Like, especially now that it's going to be at home, like, does that add anything to it or does it take away some of the stress? Because, like, I feel in-person competing against each other it might be easy to like kind of get in the zone but is it harder at home to like i don't know motivate yourself to do these mad workouts like uh yeah definitely i think so um yeah you, i think though once you know what the bigger picture is like i have to do this workout and i have to smash it to get to this next stage i think it kind of gives you the i guess extra strength you need to get through sometimes yeah and i think like the whole COVID structure and the new structure as well, the way they're trying to make it really accessible can almost play in your favor a little bit with training. Like, of course, I think both Sam and I are training to go past the open and get to the games. Um, whether I'm going to do a bit of individual and a bit of team or he's going individual, we've got our own goals for the games. But it also allows you, if you're focusing on the open anyway, um, almost like studying for an exam, you can kind of wipe things out like we know that they're going to make it more accessible so they've named some of the equipment that you're going to be using so like say dumbbells we know this huge amount of dumbbells is going to be in for at least the first three weeks and it's not going to be a 
heavy barbell because not everyone has a heavy barbell at home so i think for our training and coming up to the open we know we have to be really efficient with a dumbbell and definitely with two dumbbells as yeah. well which is which can be quite heavy for high volume snatches and clean and jerks and that type yeah. of thing so i'll definitely be spending some extra work more time on dumbbells than i usually would have beforehand yeah i think for the open or at least the f this first part of the open will be a lot more kind of aerobic and accessible yeah um, definitely yeah so i got one for you um last year <laughs> when we were going for the fittest in ireland yeah so obviously i wanted to be fittest in ireland that's a big goal of course, but yeah. i've got one better title for you fittest in nigeria that's, okay. <laughs> that's what i wanted so um <laughs> my dad was born in nigeria okay so um i was and the year beforehand when everyone i saw emma mcquade and mickey smith walking around the stadium with the irish flag and the white top on i was like that's unbelievable but i don't see anyone representing nigeria so <laughs> i went home and i was chatting to my dad and i was like can i get a nigerian passport so he was like i'm not actually quite sure so i think if he was born six years earlier in nigeria before they got independence now i'm not 100 sure of the dates but i did look into it um <laughs> i would have been able to just show up at the embassy and get a um, a passport but so that isn't the case now what you have to do is you have to go down and you have to be, bring a tribe of elders with you. So, um, my, <laughs> my yes, okay. exactly. So my girlfriend's brother is from Nigeria. So I was saying this to Jay and I was like, Jay, I'm becoming Nigerian. And he's like, yes, my brother, this is going to be epic. And he was buzzing <laughs> for me as well. So, but I was saying all the things I'd have to do. So I was like, I'm going to have to go down to the embassy. I need 16 elders to come with me and quote for me. Um, and I also need to know like the code of independence. Um, and he was like, don't worry, I'm going to bring 16 of my mates now. It fell through and it never actually happened. But me and my dad were fully preparing to go down and to have our Nigerian passport. Nigerian so don't champion. be surprised if in a couple of years, if I'm hanging on trying to get to first in Ireland, you, don't, you might see me on with the old Nigerian flag <laughs> representing. Um, I think I'll be the only Nigerian crossfitter. You so. your games jersey has the little Nigerian flag. Yeah, 100%. <laughs> so that's, that's my big goal anyway. I'm very good. Yeah. I back it. Yeah, yeah. I think so. <laughs> was this Nigerian embassy, was this like in Nigeria or is this just in like Ballsbridge? No, no, I can go to Ballsbridge. <laughs> I, just have to, I just have to bring my whole crew with me. That's, that's I, just, I have this yeah, image of like the, the 17 of you just walking through yeah. Ballsbridge oh, like in tribal 100%. gear. Yeah, we're ready. <laughs> yeah. And with the CrossFit flag as well. Like, what, is, what is going on here? <laughs> Reeboks, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, would you have any, um, obviously we're saying the Open is extremely stressful or at least it's three weeks of stress now yeah. and rather than five. But like, would you have any like really uh, stressful experiences or bad experiences or uh, anything that went wrong before? Yeah, so I suppose like looking at the open, yeah, you're 100% right. Like it is stressful. You're always thinking that when it's, so I always stay up to watch the announcement anyway. I definitely can't sleep through the open announcement. Yeah, so I, I, I had to start turning off my phone and like. Do you put airplane mode on or do you no, wait till the morning? I, I had to like actually put my phone off. Okay. And leave it off and, and just you leave it think. until the morning you don't look at it the, the last open i got the first three weeks of that and then i just actually was like shaking at night i couldn't not look for it yeah <laughs> that's that's the same as me so i might go to bed at like 10 because i'm like i need i need a good sleep and then i'll just for those two hours i'll basically just continuously dream up mad open workouts and keep thinking that it's been released it's been released been released so yeah. i always set my alarm so i can wake up check what the workout is and then it kind of puts me at ease but still, then you're going through your head. How are you going to break it up? Yeah, um, strategies. Yeah. yeah, breaking it up, strategies. Trying to look at all different videos. I always watch the live event, especially if there's good athletes, so I can kind yeah. of compare them myself to them. Um, 
I, I love when Noah Olsen does it. I always try to check out his because um, not that I'm at his level, but I think that I'm a similar athlete to him. Like what I'm good at, he's good at, and what I'm bad at, he's bad at. So yeah. um, I always try to look at athletes that would be similar to me. Like Yeah, exactly. Um, that's what one thing was kind of a bit shit about the sanctional season. Like not always, they didn't always have the best athletes. Yeah. Like when it was regionals, wherever Cross organized the open announcement, it was always like the best of the best every week. And you'd be like, okay, that's a great score to aim for. Yeah, they tried to make it really, really inclusive, I think, which is which is nice. Like, it's great to see the whole community come together, um, and it's cool to watch after. But I think when you're when you're in it and you you're trying to think of the best score that you're going to get, you want to see like Ritronin and Fraser going head to head because yeah. those epic battles. Even watching that beforehand makes you want to just it go to war. Yeah yeah, 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 for sure. Would you have a favorite open workout ever? Yeah, definitely. For my favorite one was. The snatch event in 2017, the one that finishes with the three lifts, I think, on 120 kilos. Yeah, with all the chest bars as well. Yes, yeah. exactly. Like, chest bars are good for me, and snatch or heavy lifting in general is really good. Yeah. Um, but when I got to the 120 kilo bar, once I kind of finally got there and things sl- slowed down, I knew if I hit one rep, I had a good chance of going to regionals. And if I could finish it, you're finishing really high in Europe. So that yeah. was definitely the big one for me and what made me qualify. Valuable points. What about you? Um... I liked the one, I think it was 19.4, where it had like snatches and burpees over the bar, and then it had like a built-in three-minute rest, and then you had oh to do yeah, bar yeah, muscle-ups yeah. and burpees. That was basically a pure sprint. Though. Yeah. Nice. Oh, very good. Very good. Well, that's, that's us for today. <laughs> I, have um, one, I have one question before we end it. Yeah. Just, it oh. just popped into my head. Is there any athlete you think people should keep an eye on? Like, obviously, last year, Justin Medeiros came out of nowhere. I really enjoyed him working. Like, it kind of felt last year there was this kind of, like, Matt obviously run, ran away with it from, like, early on. Like, Justin put up a bit of a fight, and the second and third place was a really enjoyable fight to watch in the games. Is there anyone you're kind of looking forward to watching or even competing against and checking their scores this year? I like looking at So, I know Olsen's been around for ages. I respect him as an athlete. I think he's really good. Um mainly because after every event he's on the ground dead you can just see he really gave yeah, it everything and i can relate to that because i definitely don't look pretty when i'm doing a workout about two seconds in i look like i am about to die <laughs> so um i I, th- I go back him all the way and i hope he keeps doing really well yeah for sure um up and coming athletes would be hard to think i, w- I again i know you said justin Medeiros, but i want to see him do even better this year because yeah. i don't think he had even spectacular open he just got to the filthy 50 and then absolutely smashed everyone so i'd like to see him do mm-hmm. the new system kind of smash everything like open yeah i'm hoping yeah i'm hoping he and then comes back everything yeah, yeah yeah and he's not just like one and done but fingers crossed yeah i don't think he will be hopefully nah. he crushes it yeah, yeah all right that's me now you're let end it <laughs> i'm happy all right uh, that's okay guys well we will see you back next week i think we might chat a little bit more about the open and some more competition experiences in our next set in our next podcast and um, but that's us for today. Yeah. Thanks for listening. Real chalk. <laughs>